0: Today's scripture is from Proverbs 31, uh, verses 8 and 9. Speak out for those who cannot speak, for the rights of all the destitute. Speak out, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, good morning, John Knox Church. Whether you are here in this room right now or whether I'm talking to you online, it is so good to be back with you. I was here in March, but I was actually remote and pre-recorded, kind of hermetically sealed away from the congregation. So it's great to see you exist. You're real breathing people. It's great to be with you. And wow, what, what a great thing that, this, uh, that I ended up here on the Sunday of Vacation Bible Camp I was listening to the theme, I was singing some of these songs, and I was thinking there really couldn't be better convergence between what VBEC was doing this last week and this passage that Jimmy assigned to me. So I'm really excited about that. Um, Some of you may know Jimmy and I um, go way back to our time on the staff together of North Creek Presbyterian Church, which is up in Mill Creek, um, outside of Everett. And he was our youth director when I was pastor back there at 2013, 14, 15. So it's really great to be back with you again. Even better, given the reason that um, Jimmy called me up, and that is the birth of their baby. I'm so excited for Jimmy, Andrea, and for Rory as they welcome Greer Lillian into the world. And if I have it right, this is the 18th day of life. So uh, that's, that's great. Will you pause with me as we uh, invite the Holy Spirit here? God, as we turn our attention to these two verses that you've given us as a gift, these ancient verses from this collection of Proverbs, these are words about, about hearing, they're words about speaking, and so we ask that you speak, and we ask that you open our ears to hear that we might be changed, and that because of that, our lives might cause you joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, the two are almost indistinguishable. That is how Fuller Seminary Counseling Professor David Augsburger puts it in a book called Caring Enough to Hear and Be Heard. And I want to say it again. Here's what he says. Being heard is so close to being loved that, for the average person, the two are almost indistinguishable. And I know that you have experienced that firsthand. Am I right? You have experienced, many times in your life, what it feels like to really be heard. And it is awesome. But it even gets better, because it is possible to pay that feeling forward to somebody else. Each one of you, no matter how young or old, no matter where you live, no matter what you do during your day, each one of you has this enormous power of this gift of making someone feel loved by making sure that they feel heard. And this morning, these two verses, these two verses which wrap up this summer series, Smart.Life, this series on the book of Proverbs, these two verses challenge us to think about how we allocate that gift. How we allocate it in a way that matches the very heart of God. So, for the last few weeks, I've been trying to come up with that perfect metaphor. This is what preachers do, that perfect metaphor that would make sense out of these two verses from the book of Proverbs. And then it hit me that the perfect metaphor would be right here in this room this morning. It would be right under the nimble fingers of Kirk Chaminoe, who's right back there. You probably know Kirk, along with glenn and david they are the av team the capable av team that week in and week out makes sure that this service um, you can hear it that it goes out online and we pastors have always been grateful for sound techs and for av teams but it's grown over the last few years especially as uh, contemporary worship music has grown, and then especially this last year as we've all gone online and we have been completely dependent on the sound guys. So I want to say thanks to all three of you, especially thanks, Kirk. Um, But what I'm really interested in this morning is that incredibly complicated device on which Kirk's fingers are dancing at this very moment. It is a Soundcraft 46-channel sound mixer. It is an impressive piece of equipment. If you've never gone back there and looked at it, it is gigantic. And most of you know how this works. If you have more than one source of sound, now that could be a microphone, it could be a, a guitar, or an instrument that is plugged in. Once you have more than one source of sound, sound guys like to call this more than one signal, Somebody has to be there to curate the mix and the blend. And uh, how it works is each one of these signals goes into the soundboard, could plug in 46 of them, and each one of those channels has a column and they have all of these little knobs that you can fine tune it. But the most important one is the big sliders that are at the bottom. And every one of those 46 channels has a slider and that's how you mix the sound. That's how you blend the various inputs. And as I think about it, I figure sound techs really have two goals in life. One is to make sure that each voice or instrument is heard. And the second is to make sure that they are heard at appropriate levels so that one of the signals doesn't awkwardly dominate over the others. And sound guys live in pursuit of this elusive um, goal, this elusive goal of the perfect mix. So that soundboard this morning is going to be our metaphor, and invite, I invite you to use that idea of the soundboard as we think together about these two verses at the end of the book of Proverbs. This is chapter 31, 8 and 9, if you were here last week, Erin Grayson took 31, 1 through 7, and she called it Mother Knows Best. These are the following two verses, part of this series called Smart.Life, and if you've been With us, you know, we've been going through the book of Proverbs, which is this collection from the sages of ancient Israel. Collection of aphorisms, of advice, of what it means to live well, day by day. What it means to live as God intends for us to live. So we get up to the very last chapter here. He has one last word to say. And what does this ancient sage choose to talk about? He chooses to talk about a soundboard. Okay, well, at least metaphorically does, and that's the case that I'm trying to make. Because what I think the sage who wrote these two verses is telling us is that each one of you in your life, in your family, in your neighborhood, in this city, even in our nation, you have a role in setting the levels. You have a role in pursuing that perfect audio mix not unlike kirk does week in and week out and this is important because while here in the sanctuary of john knox church the sound is always perfectly blended if you go out there into the world it's just not the case to put this in theological terms Part of the wreckage of the fall, part of the cost of sin in the world is that the sliders of the world's soundboard are out of balance. Some voices are amplified far beyond what they should be and others are not heard at all. Now, sometimes this is intentional. Some people set out to silence others out of callousness, or out of bigotry. But increasing amounts of social science evidence suggests that most of the time, this happens for reasons that are completely subconscious, that are entirely unintentional. Each one of us has this internal soundboard. We have this mental control panel that determines, any given day, who we are going to listen to, whose voice we are going to attend to, which people's voices in our lives really matter. And for as useful as that internal soundboard is most of the time, it also has a sneaky way of setting those sliders on some of those channels too high and on some of those channels, too low, without us ever even being aware of it. Social scientists have a phrase for this. They call it unconscious or maybe implicit bias. Probably something you've heard about these last few years. Now, on the plus side, unconscious bias has kept our species alive all of those years. You think of all of those um, interactions with the woolly mammoth, you had to figure out who to listen to as far as, you know, how to throw the spear and how to save your life. And so um, unconscious bias, knowing who to listen to, who is the expert, um, probably kept our species alive. But it also has a minus sign. And that is that here we are in contemporary times and we seem to have ended up with internal soundboards that don't always provide us that perfect mix. Our soundboards miss certain voices. And uh, they distort certain voices as far as which voice to listen to, which people in our lives um, should we should attend to, who should we heed. Probably you have heard some of these social science experiments that reveal just how out of balance our internal soundboards tend to get. And it's in some surprising and kind of unsettling ways. For instance, in one of these experiments, a group of successful venture capitalists were given identical business proposals. And they were identical except for one thing they changed the name of the one proposing it. And some of them were names that, were, that seemed to be um, Anglo names, and some of them were, apparently, um, racial ethnic minorities. And then they asked the venture capitalists to rate the likelihood of success. Well, you probably see where this is going. Again and again, these venture capitalists indicated that they would fund the proposals that had Anglo-sounding names on them but they would not. They would turn down the one with foreign names. Now, I'm not saying that these venture capitalists are explicitly racist, but somehow that internal soundboard was out of whack, and the slider on the channel that said uh, listening to ethnic minorities was somehow turned way down without them even knowing it there was another Harvard study in which they analyzed hours and hours of business meetings and many of you um, have to suffer through business meetings the last year you've had to do it online on Zoom but this Harvard study analyzed thousands of hours and they looked at who was listened to and who was ignored in these meetings and they found something maybe not will not surprise some of you that again and again the women in these meetings would make a suggestion, the suggestion would be ignored, and then 10 minutes later, a male in the meeting would make an identical suggestion, and it was met with uh, vigorous approval. Ever experienced that? There's even a name for this, apparently, it's called he-peating. It's like the word repeating, but it's with he, he he-peating. Some of you have probably been he-peated in various uh, contexts, No wonder that another study found that women speak, they speak up only a third as much in business meetings as men do. There's another study of doctors, a huge study of doctors in the United States. These are well-meaning, caring doctors, but the the conclusion was that these doctors, on average, spend significantly less time listening to patients who are of non-white background. They spend more time listening to their Anglo patients than they do to other patients. Maybe this explains another puzzling statistic is that on average, doctors prescribe less pain medicine for identical injuries of their um, ethnic minority patients. Finally, there was a study of uh, people who were led to believe that they were serving on a jury and they were given identical testimony except the testimony was given by people of different genders and people of different ethnicities. And here again, repeatedly, the jurors were more likely to give credence to the testimony of white males. Now, if you're squirming a little bit, I get it. I do not like to hear these kinds of studies. None of us want to, none of us want to admit it. We all want to believe that we are fair that we are good-hearted, and I think we are. We are good people, we do our best, but it's hard not to come to the conclusion that we have this internal soundboard on which we listen better, we listen more carefully to some voices rather than others. Or to put it in another way, as individuals, in our families, as a society, The levels can be out of balance without us even knowing it. We can be unaware of our selective hearing. We start each day with our soundboard set so that we heed some voices more than others. And there's nothing wrong with the voices that we are hearing. It's just that we are all the poorer for not hearing the entire band. Well, the secular world is starting to figure this out. They have seen the piles of empirical evidence that organizations make better decisions, have better outcomes, make more profit when a larger variety of voices can be heard. There's a Harvard Business School study that meetings that feature inclusive decision-making make better decisions 80% of the time, and they make those decisions in half of the overall meeting time. It'd be great to have half the amount of meetings, wouldn't it? There's a 2015 McKinsey report, and they studied a whole bunch of companies, and those that were in the top quartile of gender and ethnic diversity in their management made 21 and 35%, respectively, they were more likely to make returns above the industry mean, to make profits above the industry mean. Finally, the bank, Credit Suisse, um, looked at a whole bunch of Fortune 500 companies and found that those with at least one female board member yielded higher net income growth and higher return on equity than those without. But you know what? Like most really good ideas, This idea of resetting the balance of our internal soundboard was not originally a secular idea at all. I mean, here it is, right at the end of this collection of 3,000-year-old Proverbs in the middle of the Old Testament. And there's a reason for that. And the reason is that resetting the world's soundboard is a project that is close to the heart of God because listening is close to the heart of God it is who God is it's what God does the God who in the garden went looking for the first couple for Adam and Eve and said Adam and Eve where are you I'm listening the God who who says in Exodus that I have heard the cries of my people coming up from slavery in Egypt. The God who over and over invites us to converse with him in prayer, not because he needs the information that we're giving him, but because listening is the heart of love and God loves us. The God whose eternal son, Scripture calls the Logos, which means the self-expression, the speech. That son who incarnate in the world scandalously turned up the volume for all sorts of people you wouldn't expect, for children and for women and for those on the margins of society. He kind of tweaked and turned down the sliders for some other people, for the powerful and for the religious officials and for the wealthy. The Jesus who healed the deaf, and the mute so that all could hear and all could be heard. The God whose Holy Spirit John nicknames the paraclete, which means the advocate, which literally means speaking for someone, and revealed and gave this gift of the Spirit at Pentecost in a miracle where the miracle was being able to listen and understand the languages that you don't even know. Again and again... Scripture tells us of a God who continually endeavors to hear his creatures' voices and who created us with this craving to be heard. So, it's not at all surprising that here, at the culmination of the book of Proverbs, here is God about the task of resetting the levels of the world's soundboard and deputizing us to be a part of that project. And so here in verse 8 starts out, says this twice, he says, speak out. Speak out. Literally the Hebrew says, open your mouth. Speak out for whom? Well, for those who cannot be heard. Speak out for those whose voices the world drowns out and ignores. Speak on their behalf. Advocate for them. Speak for their rights Um, Our translation says speak for the rights of the destitutes. Interesting, that word destitute literally in Hebrew is the children of change. Those in the world who are vulnerable to the turmoil and the vicissitudes of the economy and of modern life. Then in verse 9 says it again, speak out, open your mouth, advocate. Then in verse 9 the sage follows it with three words that are all over the Old Testament, all over Scripture. says, first, seek justice. Justice for those who are silenced. Second, pursue God's righteousness for them. And third, defend the rights of those who are routinely ignored. And finally, this ancient Israelite sage zeroes in on one group who over and over again, generation after generation, tend to be the ones most silenced by the world's soundboard. In Hebrew, it's the ani and the ebion, the poor and the needy, the ani and the ebion. These two words occur 35 times in the book of Proverbs and occur thousands of times throughout the scriptures. The reason is God, for one, does hear the ani and the Abion. So, summing up, while Kirk finesses the sound here in worship, the sage of the Proverbs gives each one of us a challenge wherever we find ourselves on any given day of the week. Here's the challenge. What might it look like This coming week, not here in worship, but wherever God has put you, what might it look like to listen so attentively to those around you that you recognize and realize that the levels are not balanced? What might it look like to perceive that? And what might you do to help reset those levels? could be in your own family, your immediate or extended family. Is there someone whose voice always gets drowned out? Speak out for them, Proverbs says. Reset the levels. Maybe it's in your neighborhood. Is there someone living near you? Maybe they live alone. Maybe they're from a different cultural background. Someone who never has that experience of being heard. Speak out for them, Proverbs says. Reset the levels. Maybe it's in our city. Maybe um, you encounter and interact with people from maybe a certain group or a certain population, a homeless person, maybe an immigrant, someone whose voice never seems to register. Speak out for them, says Proverbs. Reset the levels. Or as our nation continues to awkwardly and painfully struggle through some long overdue conversations about how the levels have been set on our national soundboard prayerfully prayerfully ask God to show you whose slider has been turned down speak out says Proverbs reset the levels I was singing along with you to the the VBC songs this morning, and one of these songs is like, this is perfect. This is probably all that needs to be said with this chorus. We are brave enough to listen and tell the truth. We're brave enough to listen to those whose voices are turned down, and we are brave enough to tell the truth, to speak out on their behalf, not to be fashionable, Not to be politically correct but because listening and advocating and speaking for is close to the heart of God and because a well-balanced soundboard is a sure sign of God's in-breaking kingdom. Will you pray with me? God thank you that you listen to us that that experience of being heard is the experience of being loved and it astonishes us over and over again that you listen to us. God, help us to pay that forward this week. For each one of us, that's going to look different, but for each one of us, you've called us to reset the levels of our soundboard and to listen carefully to those who don't get heard. Help us to do that. That, uh, that your kingdom might surprise us by its beauty. Pray this in Jesus'